Hello, this is Yaro, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guests are the Merrymaker Sisters. Hi, thanks for downloading today's episode. In a moment, you're going to hear from the Merrymaker Sisters, two girls from Australia who built their own online empire around the health niche. You're going to hear them explain how they got their start with an Instagram channel, then grew a blog, as well as start to sell recipe ebooks, then a recipes club, and also how they package up sponsorship deals for big brands who want to reach their growing audience. So before I hit play on that interview, I'd like to invite you to sign up for email updates so you don't miss out on my latest interviews as well as my solo session podcast episodes. To do that, go to interviewsclub.com, which will direct you to a blog post on my blog where you can enter your email address to sign up. Just confirm your subscription and you'll get all my latest episodes, both the interviews and solo sessions as soon as they're released, as well as a series of my very best interviews from the EJ Podcast archives. That's interviewsclub.com. Now here's the interview with the Merrymaker Sisters. For the first time ever, I am interviewing two people at the same time because they're kind of a complete package and you couldn't really have one without the other. At least that's what I believe. So we're going to find out. They're, they're the Merrymaker sisters, otherwise known as Emma and Carla Pappas, I believe from down in Melbourne, Australia. Is that right, uh, Emma and Carla? Well, actually, we're on the Gold Coast now. Oh, we were sorry. down south, but now we're on the Gold Coast. Yes, we moved up to in February, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. we're, we're loving the sunshine. I think because of uh, your connection with Dan Norris I was assuming Melbourne because he's no he's is he originally Gold Coast or <laughs> he's Gold Coast. Oh my God. Why not? okay you know who we're gonna but blame Nathan, we're gonna blame Nathan, Nathan Chan Nathan. and we're gonna blame Darren Rouse and we're gonna make yeah! we're gonna blame Ed Dale as well because they're all in Melbourne yeah. <laughs> I, I'm originally from Brisbane so I should know you know you guys are from Queensland so awesome so they're from Queensland and they currently run the Merrymaker Sisters dot com blog which has turned into a multiple six-figure income all around healthy eating recipes cooking and so forth and we're going to find out how they built this blog how how they took off in terms of growing their audience how they do everything with branding they have great photography on their site and of course how they make money from it so as i said this is the first time we're interviewing two people at once which is going to be fun but since they're sisters there's going to be a lot of overlap i believe in your entrepreneur's journey history so what i'd love to know to start with (laughs) growing up in australia was there any entrepreneurial you know stories that you had from even you know your teenage years or your preteen years before you did what you do today yeah definitely well we actually both grew up in canberra and for some reason like really really young like i mean like i was probably like 7 and you might have been like 5 yeah. carla that was when we first started our business we would make <laughs> we were making birthday cards and friendship bracelets and we set up our shop on the front of the driveway and we put signs up everywhere and we were selling all our little things that we made. And that was when we first started our business. And actually the only people who bought the stuff was our neighbor and our mum. but it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was so much fun. And from there, like when we were 10 and 13, we started our own jewelry brand where we made like glass bead jewelry. We sold it to our friends and, and things and like we that. And we you know, like those trash and treasure things. We went uh-huh. to trash and treasure with dad and we sold our, our jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> like we even made like little backing cards and like 
like, you know, put the earrings in the car. <laughs> put them in cellophane. We were like, it was very particular what how we did it and what it looked like. But we have just always wanted to create things and make things and sell them. And it's all, we just have so much fun doing it. I think that's always been within us. Yeah. So the jewelry business, was that your streak for financial success? Did you make big money from that? or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no. I think and we spent more money on yeah, the beach. But you know what? It was so much fun <laughs> and it kept us busy. And I mean, it, it was like a hobby for so long. And I guess then we kind of like, we were really close when we were young. And then, you know, I went into like college started going out more and kind of got distracted with that whole lifestyle of like friends, socializing, having fun. And then it wasn't until like early 20s that we came together again. We were working in government, these horrible jobs that we absolutely hated. And we just kind of were at this stage of like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what isn't life meant to be a little bit more better than this? Isn't it meant to be more magical? And that was when we kind of just went on this journey, I guess. Mm. So was the internet a big part of your lives at that point? Like, Uh, yes and no, but the only reason it was a big part of our life was because we were just Googling stuff, like literally like what is the weather or when is this movie (laughs) on, and we were on Facebook talking to our friends. Like that's all we were doing. That's all I thought the internet was for. (laughs) We both had no idea idea what people were doing online. Yeah, so I was like 24 or something, and that was when I found out I had a gluten intolerance. So I was like feeling sucky, not only in in a job that I hated, but I was just feeling sucky health-wise. So I went on this like Google wormhole looking up diets, gluten-free and the real food paleo way of living like came to me. It was like a friend told me about it at work. I got an email about it and also someone at the gym told me about it as well. So I was like, okay, universal sign. Let's look into this. Started eating that way and was like, holy moly, this is epic. I feel so much better. And Carla started eating that way too. And we just started sharing it all on our Instagram account. So this was kind of when Instagram first came like popular in Australia. We were just putting everything on Instagram. And all of a sudden we had like a thousand followers without even trying, just like being us. And we're like, huh, this is kind of fun. Like I'm kind of enjoying this. Let's find out what we can do with it. And we pretty much Googled how to start a blog. And actually, no, I think we first Googled what is a blog because I had no bloody idea and I was like 24 I think like you probably should know what a blog is when I'm 24 like aren't I meant to be young and like gen y but anyway then we were like holy moly blogging what is this thing yeah well we became obsessed with pro blogger like yeah. you would send me articles oh my God. like at our government desk like Carla like look pro at this blogger. look at SEO and at this stage we're calling SEO CEO like everybody <laughs> couldn't like get the word right it was SEO so we're learning all this stuff and we started the blog in February 2013 from Googling how to start a blog yeah. and we just fell in love with blogging and content creation. Yeah. And then that year we went to Pro Blogger and the first blogger I met was Trey Radcliffe, that the photographer blogger who's like seven-figure business and I had a chat with him and I had no idea who he was. He was the keynote speaker. He was just telling me about blogging and business. And I was like, holy moly, people make money from this stuff. And ever since then, it was like, okay, we're going to do this. And we told Darren at the party, we were like, we're going to be full-time bloggers. You just wait and see. Like I was pretty tipsy at this stage, I think. <laughs> he thought we were bloody bonkers. He but still does. Yeah, he definitely still does. But yeah, so that was kind of how we 
I guess fell into, into it. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? How do you manage to say the same thing at the same time? Is that a sister's thing? What is with that? Definitely our sister thing. We can and read I, each other's minds <laughs> and probably uh, spend too much time together. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So just want to timestamp this. So Instagram in Australia became popular. I'm thinking 2014. Would that be accurate then? When you started so, out in 2012. 2012. So we were okay. a little, yeah, we were a little we were bit earlier. We must have been ahead of the game. Okay. So you're 24 years old. One of you are. And you're doing Instagram. Uh, you're, you're, I'm assuming you're taking photographs of the, the new diet that you're on. And, and yeah. people are finding you. You're probably using the right tags, I'm, I'm assuming. And then you're building up this following and that opened you up to a world which it sounds like you'd never even thought of before so you before that you were just typical you know young women like you said facebook using mm-hmm. the internet for research but you never thought business or online business and i'm surprised to say you didn't even know what a blog was which is kind of scary considering you know what instagram was but didn't know what a blog was but yeah um, Okay, so then you find out a lot about it from this from going to the Pro Blogger Conference in yeah. Australia. In fact, which one did you go to? Was it 2013, did you say? Yeah. yeah. I think that might have been the one I was at. I can't remember. I've been to one of them. I was speaking at one of them. Wow. Anyway, then, so you, you learn what a blog is, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. your decision-making is, well, let's do what we did on Instagram on blog posts and see what happened, or do you have more of a strategy now that you wanted to implement? Well, on Instagram, we were sharing like photos of recipes. And the reason we even kind of thought about what can we do with this photo that we've shared on Instagram was because we were getting questions like, how did you make that? What's the recipe? Like, how come you're not using gluten? And how come you're not using sugar? And we're like, oh my gosh, all these people have all these questions. And we just have to keep replying the same thing over and over again. Wouldn't it be cool if we could put it all on one spot where we could send people to? And that was kind of the idea about the blog is that we would share a photo to Instagram and then be like, well, the the recipe's on our blog. Go and check it out and that's kind of how it went from Instagram to blog and the kind of content we were sharing on the blog in the beginning was mainly recipes and then we kind of developed it even further in going down you know mindset changes and things like that pretty much our journey of learning health happiness magical living and then it just kind of expanded from sharing recipes Okay, so let's break down a little bit of the setup here because you don't sound like you come from a technical background. And when you come across, for example, WordPress software, buying a domain mm-hmm. name, buying hosting, did you yeah. do yeah. all of that yourself or did you hire someone or how did you do it? Yeah. yeah. So right at the start, we were on Blogspot, uh-huh. weren't we? And um, our friend was like, I know how to set that up. So she kind of like helped us, took us through it. Then like probably a month later, we were like, this is crap. Like, what is this? We need to get on WordPress. Everyone's yeah. like, girls, you need to get on WordPress. Well, we were looking at everyone else's blog yeah. like, oh, they're so pretty. We want, we want, yeah, we that, want that menu. We want that slider or that banner. How do we do that? And yeah. we couldn't do that on so, Blogspot. And pretty much that was when we got... Someone gave us a contact and he just transferred all our stuff over to WordPress. We did every, like we just Googled how to do the, the hosting thing, didn't yeah. we? Like we did that. And, and the domain name. And the domain name. And we were like, oh, we may as well get an ABN while we're here because we're going to be full time soon, right? <laughs> we kind of just taught ourselves by Googling everything. And that's pretty much like what we still do a lot today. I mean, Carla's one of those freaks of nature, I call her sometimes. She's like one of those people who can watch a YouTube tutorial, 
read an article, look at the help section, and it's like step one, step two, step three, and she just does it like boom. Whereas I'm like, this is too overwhelming. I can't do it. I'm like real big picture, but she's like real attention to detail. Mm. So without those skills, I don't think we would have been able to get where we were because she just learned everything. I mean, you're like a WordPress whiz now. Like I wouldn't say that. Well, like you are. <laughs> like I mean, like it's like you know, some, you, we talk to other bloggers. And they're like, oh, my gosh, the technical stuff just drives me mad. Like, I cannot do anything. Whereas, like, something might break on our site and Carla will usually be able to figure it out. Yeah, I just, like, really like doing that. It's kind of like problem solving. So there's a problem and I'm just like, well, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Like, there's someone else has already probably solved this problem and they've probably posted it on the internet. Yeah. I can find it and I'll just follow what they yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Like, right now our site is so slow because of Optimize Press and Carla's been, like, looking at all the help stuff and all the questions and she's <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have a good combination there of a, a person who enjoys the technology and a person who doesn't. So and I'm not even sure whether it's Emma or Carly. <laughs> Is Carly who likes the technology? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So Carly right. likes the technology. <laughs> Emma, you must enjoy another part of the process a lot more than Carla does. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I love just creating content and I love like putting it out there on social, getting reactions, replying, like Mm. that real community engagement. That's what I love. Mm. I mean, there's nothing better when you like, especially when you're writing like a heart, like a a post from the heart, like something that's just so meaningful to you. And you put it out there and you just get a bunch of replies, comments, emails. Like, I'm just like, what? This is crazy. Like, I'm connected with all these people all over the world. And, I mean, it's cool with, like, our recipes and stuff too, like, to know that that's been shared, like, nearly 50,000 times. Like, it's like, what? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, and then p- seeing people remake them and yeah. then share them on their accounts. Like, that's the best thing. It's like, well, thank you for promoting our recipe for us. Like, we don't even have to do it. And that's really how we've built our really – like, people always say your community is so positive and they're so engaged. And that's 100% like we can look back at what we've done and it is the fact that we respond to every comment we see – if someone has created a recipe, we jump on that and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. We're going to reshare it. Like we're just like all about nurturing them because we just mm. love them. Okay. Well, you got to tell us the early days of building this community after mm. the blog gets going. So you, you've got Instagram following. You start this blog. Yeah. You start answering the questions that were coming from Instagram comments as blog posts. Mm-hmm. But was what sounds like what you said you did. And was it just magic? People started finding the blog or you you obviously would have told your Instagram followers you had a blog, but that wouldn't have been suddenly 50,000 people finding you. So so what, what was the early days of your traffic? Did you have a strategy to grow it? We We didn't have a strategy, but we did a few things that I know that I can be like, oh, that really helped. In the beginning, when we first published our first blog post ever, I told Emma that we had to message every single one of our Facebook friends and tell them that we have started a blog and please go check it out and subscribe because we we had figured that part out that you should collect email addresses. Mm-hmm. How many please Facebook don't, friends did you have? I think I probably had about 300, not okay. very many at that stage. Um, but I was like, no, we're job. telling everybody. <laughs> now I've got thousands. Like, it's just yes. like I say yes to everybody. But – I just was like, you know, what? It, the first people that can go and read our blog are our friends, like, and yeah. they will support us. So we did that and we started a Facebook page. Yep. And I guess like Instagram, we early on, like this was a good strategy, like liking other people's photos. So we would like sit in front of the TV, like 
we were both living at home, weren't we, yeah. with mum and dad? And, like, mum and dad were watching TV and we'd just be on Instagram, like, going like crazy on hashtags. Yeah, we'd find certain <laughs> hashtags, like, hashtag gluten-free. We'd go on that and we'd just, like, sit on that hashtag for, like, an hour. <laughs> we'd get, like, a 100 new followers. It was so cool. Like, now that wouldn't work at all. But, Not like, all. back then it was, like, a really good technique. And also we would be getting in touch with brands so, like, we wanted to – we were like, okay, like, we're awesome. We know about brand stuff because Carla studied PR. I was studying advertising. So, we like, we had this knowledge in communication and brand work. And we were like, that's what we can do. Like, that's how we can start collaborating and they can share our stuff. So, like, we'd make – a recipe with a product, they'd share it to their audience. So the audience just like slowly growed. And also Carla had media training too. So we kind of were like, we can get in the media. Like, I mean, we were getting barely any (laughs) hits. In the first four months, we were on the front page of a magazine, which was like a, it was a local camper magazine. But like I had pitched us as these awesome health and happiness bloggers. And I was like, you have to tell our story because I was so (laughs) proud. And we got in there and like, just like ever since the beginning, like we've just believed in our message so much that we've never been like looking back, we're like, wow, we didn't really have that many numbers, but we were never afraid of what anyone else thought we were just like we're so passionate like we just want to share this and get as much attention as we can so we can reach more people help more people and it it might have been like we were just naive and we didn't know what everyone else was doing and how big every how big this world of like online stuff was but it bloody worked really well for us yeah (laughs) we always think like that naivety was totally a strength for us back then Mm, yeah I could see how just going out there and just trying anything because you don't know you know what works what doesn't work can you tell me a little bit more uh, I know we talked about this off air but the name Mary Maker Sisters is uh-huh. it's, it's good, and I can see how that's probably helped you with getting a lot of press coverage mm-hmm. too. When you say we're the Mary Maker Sisters, we're all about mm-hmm. health and happiness, and and then they want to learn more. So you're not called the Mary Makers by your family name, and so how, where did that come from? Wouldn't that be so cool? I know. I'm sometimes I'm like, maybe we should change our name. But no. So when we first started living this like gluten-free, sugar-free lifestyle, we felt amazing, not only like within our bodies, but like our minds. And we just like found so much more happiness and joy for living. And we're like, oh, like what has this lifestyle brought us? Joy, that's what it's brought us. And so we literally put in Google synonyms for joy and Merry Maker popped up. I'd never heard that never. word in my whole life. I was like, what the hell? Like, Merrymaker is a word. And then I was looking it up and I was like, oh my gosh, it means to bring joy to. That is exactly what we are all about, what this lifestyle is all about. We're sisters, kind of makes sense. Let's be the Merrymaker sisters. And now, like, that brand, it is just the funnest brand to play on every single word you can think of. Like, we're always saying, let's just send the merry vibes or let's get our merry on and everybody just jumps on board because they love it too nice so let me uh clarify one thing here you weren't making a lot of money from this yet so were you still working full-time jobs at this point when you know the blog is starting to grow the instagram is starting to grow uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So we were in government jobs, as I mentioned before. So working for some horrible department in Canberra, literally hated it. I hated it so much. But like, thankfully, we were in jobs we hated because it was just extra motivation to work our butts off and get 
ourselves out of them. So we quit our jobs in 2014, in July, I think. And I mean, we still weren't making any money. I kind of just did these like figures and sums. I was like, okay, so if we were to get these, this amount of brand work, if we were to sell sell this this many many eBooks and do this and this and this, then we would have enough money. And it was kind of like, we went to our managers and we're like, can we get a year without pay, you know, just to be safe, take leave, but we can come back. Just, Just in, in case. case. And they were like, nah, nah, we can't do that for you. And we were like, oh, shit. Do you know what? We got, like, we went back to our desk. We were sitting, like, next to each other. It was ridiculous. We got back to our desk and we are like, let's just quit. Who cares? So we wrote the resignation email and we are like, one, two, three, send. <laughs> and we are like, okay, let's go to lunch. <laughs> yeah, so we quit that day and we it was just, like, the scariest, best decision we had ever made because quitting those jobs meant that it, like, forced us to find a way to make this Merrymaker thing work, to try new things, to just have no fear put ourselves out there and just go for it and it it totally worked for us like I don't know you have, well, to, like, um, you have to explain though how you plan that because I can imagine plan. people listening to this I just can't quit my job when I have zero other income coming in you know, yeah. I would yeah. at least go I need a buffer now yeah. you two sounds like you're uh. living with your parents so there's a little bit of oh no, we, no? no. We, we bought a house Oh, gosh. Okay, so you just bought a house, and then you decided to quit your jobs to focus on a business that makes no money yet. How, how do you rationalize like, <laughs> How does it, that work? There is no – no honestly, way. there's nothing rational about it. It's I would not recommend anyone to do this, but for some reason we just had this, like, deep knowing. I mean, at this stage we were also we were reading a lot about Joseph Campbell and the whole, like, following your bliss philosophy – I mean, we were deep into that at this yeah. stage. So we were like, you know what? Like, this is our bliss. Like, this is our thing. It's going to work. We were, like, li- reading all about intuition. Like, this was at the first stage we'd ever heard about that, about science, about all this kind of universe stuff that we truly believed in and we still do. Like, the magic yeah. exists. It does. does. And we were just like, holy moly, like we're just going to do this. But I guess the plan, the kind of plan was we had quit our jobs and the reason we quit them in July was because we had ProBlogger and then we were going to the Wit Sundays straight after ProBlogger and then straight after the Wit Sundays we were going to New York for three weeks. No, it was longer than that, four weeks. And it was like this six-week period where we were going away to focus on merrymakers, to follow our bliss. We're like, how the hell are we going to be able to come back to boring desk jobs we absolutely hate after six weeks of amazingness? We just can't do that. We're not going to be able to. So that was the reason why we quit. We had saved a little bit of money, probably about, I think, $10,000 between us. (laughs) And then – December that year, we sold my car because we were like, we need money to put into our business. Like, we've got to do something. And that, like, kept us going for six months. And then by that stage, we actually then went to Tropical Think Tank in the Philippines. Philippines, And that was the game changer. Yeah, that was when it all happened. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I I know Chris Ducker's Tropical Think Tank event cost like $5,000 too, you know, ahead. So you would have been spending all of your 10,000 savings just on tickets to that event. This was before. Okay, so we met Chris at that pro blogger. Yeah, the second pro blogger we went to. We met Chris there and yeah. we just like 
connected with him. We were like, holy moly, this guy is awesome. Like we get him. Like we need to learn from him. So we went and like gave him a hug. He was like, what the hell, you girls are crazy. And then Chris Ducker being typical amazing salesman, he goes, you got to come to Tropical Think Tank. And we're like, Oh okay. my gosh, we need to go there. Yeah. So we literally, we bought our tickets because he, of course, gave us a special deal if we bought it that day. <laughs> it was like buy one half price. Wow. Okay. And we'll like, resist. Yeah. So, so that $10,000 didn't include our Tropical Think Tank tickets because we'd already purchased those. <laughs> but oh my gosh, like Someone. so thankful we went. Oh, my because gosh. Because that was when we learned about sales funnels, about email automation. E- yeah, we had no idea about this. So our, I don't think, I always say this, I do not think my mind will ever be blown so much as what it was at that first Tropical Think Tank because I was sitting there in the audience just being like gobsmacked that these people, you can do this online and that they were showing us exactly how to do it. I was so excited. Yeah, I mean, it was epic. And that was where... I met Dan as well, so that was nice too to meet Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan was a speaker that year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah, and I was speaking at the Chris Ducker ProBlogger event when he was keynoting that one. So uh, oh, now we can connect the dots. Yeah. So, okay, I can see this coming together now. So you, you weren't completely living off zero when you decided to quit your jobs. A bit of savings, you were willing to sell your car, so that's you know, giving you a bit more funds to live off. But I'm assuming most of the money is going to paying the mortgage off, right, to keep the, you know your yeah. house yeah. going and food and electricity and so on because you can start a, a, a WordPress blog-based business without spending a whole lot of money, especially if Carl is doing yeah. all the tech work, so that yeah. can work well. Can we then take us forward? So you, you've come back from Tropical Think Tank. This is, well, maybe you can put into chronological order here. You said you had six months where you were kind of using the money from the car to survive. So where was the business at that point? And I guess basically tell me, when did the business start paying you some money? And how yeah. close were you to going, you know, we need to get a job or we're screwed at that point? Yeah, yeah. we would like, never thought that. We'd never, ever thought but that. But there was probably points where we maybe should have been thinking that, but yeah. we just never did. <laughs> you were so just our married. first ever... <laughs> like, we just believe it's going to happen. Um, our first ever product we created was an e- a recipe ebook, and... When we put that out there and went really well, this was early on. That would have been before this, that second pro blogger and before Tropical Think Tank. Okay. But then when we went to Tropical Think Tank, and actually I've missed five other ebooks yeah. within okay. that. So the ebook Let, went really well. Let's go back in time then. Forget about Tropical Think Tank. Let's start with your first ever attempt to make money. Okay. All right. Our first ever ebook was like had how many recipes, like 60 recipes. We were just like, people want exclusivity. Like if they come into the blog for the recipe, like what else can we give them that is higher value? Okay. Recipes that aren't published on the blog. So we did that. We created our first ebook. We put it out to our email list, which probably would have been about 5,000 then. And we sold 300 books like in the first day and we were gobsmacked. We're like, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. People want our ebook. And that got us really excited. So we're big believers in like, if something works, like do it again. (laughs) And that is why we created five more ebooks after that much smaller ones, but they were really successful as well. You know, we bundled them together. We could then content market something because before we were just 
just blogging and not selling anything. But we didn't really do that with those books because that's what we learned at Tropical Think Tank. So what we had done is re- really we'd created these eBooks, put them on our Shopify site, and then we'd forget to promote them. Mm-hmm. So that was what, so we except when we launched them. Yeah, except so we <laughs> do a big launch, just one email, boom. Okay, there you go. Now everyone can just find it. And of course, like we all know, that doesn't work. Like you need to bring it fresh of mind for everyone. So then fast forward, so we'd done the eBooks. We were making a little bit of money with brand work as well. So we were collaborating with people like at that stage, I think like Fitness First. I mean, Reebok. We'll, Reebok. We were, so for like return in like social media shares of their products, we were getting money. So and, how many uh, followers did you have at that point to get the attention of those sort of companies? Yeah. It would have been like 50,000 Instagram followers and around 60. No, it wasn't 50. This is before Tropical Think Tank. We had 50,000. No, we, we didn't. We had 40 at Tropical Think Tank. 40,000. Sorry. <laughs> so it's about 30, about 30 oh to 40. I'm <laughs> getting the muddled. It's good yeah, there's two of you. Happens. There's like a fact checker here. So it's all good. I'm, well, I can, it's good having two I, of us. I clearly can remember having 40,000 at Tropical Think Tank. Okay. Yeah, because I had like a conversation about it. Okay. And then that initial 40,000 was like fast to get to. And then ever since it's kind of like slowed down because Instagram has changed. But yeah, so that's what we've done. Then we went to Tropical Think Tank and we learned all this stuff, learned that we were actually content marketers, not bloggers. Cause we kind of were like, we're bloggers, da, 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 da. Then Dan Norris was like, this is content marketing. I'm like, oh, okay. So we just need to create a better business because we have the epic marketing. We just aren't marketing anything that good. So it was like, let's create a product, a better product. Yeah. And at this stage, before Tropical Think Tank, we had decided we were going to self-publish our first hard copy book because we were like, well, if people love eBooks. They obviously want a hard copy book. So we should just self-publish it because we haven't had any publishing offers yet. So we were like, we can do it. We can use Google and find out how to do that. So we were in the process of creating that book and then when we got back from Tropical Think Tank we launched that book and it was really great I think we did a big launch of like 600 books within the first week and then they've continued to sell and now we're just about to publish our second hard copy book and then in that same year we went to ProBlogger again we heard Jada Selner talk about challenges and we were like, oh, my gosh, hosting a challenge is a great idea. So when we got back from that pro blogger, we were like, well, let's do a challenge. But the only difference is let's do a paid-for challenge. Let's host a four-week challenge where people come together. We follow the same meal plan. We have a big supportive group where everyone's in there cheering each other on. And that was probably the game-changer product that we sold because it just got so much traction. We had 250 people through our first one and then 350 mm. people through our second one. And that was kind of the start of Merrymaker Club because okay. we held these two <laughs> full week challenges. I got to slow down like, before you get to the Merrymaker Club because it's a okay. lot happening here. One thing I want to know, besides sitting in front of the TV and liking every photo under the gluten-free hashtag on Instagram, as well as sending a private message to the 300 friends you have on Facebook that you have a blog, there's a big difference between doing that and then getting to 50,000 followers on Instagram, having 5,000 people on email lists, then obviously more since then, selling 300 copies of your first book, 600 copies of another book. There's a lot of numbers here that's rapidly expanding so where was all this growth coming from in terms of just simply finding an audience yeah yeah I think there's I mean obviously there's lots of things that help growth and one of them was that 
timing. I mean, we just like landed in this, discovered this way of living, created our site in a very perfect timing where everyone was kind of like going down this paleo, real food, sugar-free living. And we just started at the exact right time. So we did get traction. I think getting on other people's sites as well. I mean, I Quit Sugar is massive. Like we got on their site and other guest blogging. So of course that led to more growth. Yeah. But I think probably number one is that we were consistent with our content. We, in the beginning, we were sharing five posts a week like we were like you know what we read that the more you post the better which you know what isn't the case but I don't know where we read that but we were just like we want to post tapes so we did we've been in people's inboxes and people's faces with new content always to new stuff and I think that is probably why our growth was steady and then at that first tropical think tank we learned about opt-ins so we were like well what other value can we give people for free to get them on our subscriber list that's how we grew our email list. We gave away free eBooks, free meal plans, free e-courses and things like that. We're always kind of just looking at like, well, where can we provide value for free and show our audience the good stuff we can produce and then give them the paid for product, which so I know Nathan always talks about like give away something so good for free that they're like, holy moly, imagine what their paid for product is going to be like. We loved that so much and we totally believe in it. And that's Mm. what we try and do. Now, we haven't mentioned, and this might be going way, way back in time, but you told me before there was uh, one single recipe that went viral. So when was yeah, that in yeah. story? Yeah, I can't even remember when that when we posted that, but it was salted <laughs> caramel slice, and I don't know why. It must have been like just this trend at that moment, and it just went gangbusters. Like it just got shared so many times on Facebook. We were like, what the hell? We couldn't believe it. And then everyone was remaking it. Like every day was like people tagging us on Instagram, just made this salted caramel slice. It's amazing. So we were like pretty much resharing other people's recipes that they'd made from our site for like a month. Like it was just salted caramel all month. I remember month. one day we shared like 10 photos of the salted caramel slice to Instagram just because so many people had made on this one weekend. And I was like, let's just keep sharing yeah. it and see what happens. So we did that and it just like grew and grew and grew. So yeah, when we checked the stats last, it had been shared 40,000 times. That page has been viewed over 200,000 times. And we're actually using it in a Facebook ad at the moment to yeah. get people to our site. And mm. it's converting at like one cent click-through rate. Mm. Like the ad itself has been shared 300 times. Fantastic. Yeah, you're in such a great subject. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the fact too that you create content that then other people actually use in their life to create not only the, the actual yeah. food, but they then go and create photos for of the food as we all do today. We Instagram our meals and they're sharing your recipe. You can then use their version of it to then tell other people. So it's, it's like this virtuous cycle of content constantly being recreated just off this one subject, which you probably have happening almost every single recipe you create, right? There's someone else out there making that food, taking a photograph of it, and then you can reshare it and that cycle continues. So it's very powerful. One thing I also want to know, you keep mentioning these exposure points you're getting like on I Quit Sugar, which for the non-Australian listeners, it's a really huge, what's her name? It's Sarah. Sarah Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Sarah Wilson, huge author, huge movement. I know she's Australian, so it's definitely well known there. Now, you said you got exposure on her side. You mentioned also the connections to these big brands. So there's clearly a lot of 
opportunity coming your way, whether it's getting a sponsored post or you getting to guest post on someone else's mm -hmm. really popular site, which brings you a lot of attention. First question around that, how is that happening? Are you actually going mm -hmm. to people and asking for these things or are they coming to you? Yeah. Uh-huh. We so with like my media training, like I've always like been really big on pitching ourselves and like coming up with unique angles and great value that we can share. So with the I Quit Sugar, we went to them because yeah. they have a series where they do like feet other people's features and we're like, hey, like we'd really love to be featured in this. Like we could share this recipe. We and then they actually went onto our site and I think they looked at like the really popular recipes or the ones that looked extra delicious and picked a few out that they could then reshare on their site. The sweet potato chips being one of them and how to make them super crunchy. Yeah. And then I guess like news.com as well. Like that was like we had so many new hits from that article. That was from a source bottle, which is a media call out, like a sign up thing. Like you sign up to get your media call outs. And it was like someone just asking, I want to know about healthy. No, I want to know about food outlets in Canberra. And I responded and I said, hey, I'll do healthy food outlets in Canberra. And they loved that approach. So I wrote that, we wrote that article and that got us, mm. I think, 5,000 new visits from that day that, from, yeah. that day wow. from news.com. And then another one, a really big one was our story on Mark's Mark's Daily, Daily Apple. Apple. So he's a massive blogger, American primal blogger. And we got so many hits from that site, like over 5,000 in one day, and that was just our story. And you know how we got on that was that we actually went to his conference and connected with him, and that happens a lot with us. Like we just meet people in real life, and then they might like introduce us to someone mm. who like wants to put a story about us somewhere or interview us. Like this podcast. Yeah, like, like <laughs> that stuff just happens to us all the time. And I think like in this whole online world, like the power of meeting people in person person and creating that connection is like so, like it's overlooked a lot but mm. it's so powerful yeah, yeah it seems like you guys have really taken hold of that idea going to pro bloggers so many times going to tropical yeah. Big Tank. the other second question from all these contacts and exposure points with the sponsored arrangements mm -hmm. you have how did you even decide what to charge and how to structure an agreement like yeah. that? Yeah, such a good question. And like we still are like, well, we don't know. Like what's the base? Like what do bloggers charge? Like what does a sponsored post cost? I don't know. But um, it, it's just like trial and error. So again, with the PR background, I knew how to write a sponsorship proposal. And it's basically, it's an introduction. It's what you're all about. It's what what are you looking for for that brand to invest and what is the return on investment? So it's about breaking it down, like what we're going to offer, whether it's one blog post, two blog posts, three Instagram posts, five Facebook posts, writing down the exact potential reach and then putting a value toward that. And then what we love to do is package it all together in a nice bundle. And so, you know, if they're purchasing two blog posts or three or like more Instagram, they get it for cheaper. So with the prices, we kind of played around. In the beginning, we were charging like not very much at all. It was like a hundred bucks was our first one. That was when we had 400 unique visits. We, we got a hundred dollars for our first post, which is actually pretty good. <laughs> and then we just like increased as our unique visitors go up. So at the moment we have 84,000 unique visits and like we have packages that start at like two and a half thousand, but they can go all the way up to 10,000, 15,000, depending how long the brand wants to collaborate with where we've seen things work 
even better is when we can create long-term partnerships with amazing brands that we truly believe in that we've already been using in our lives like that is where the magic happens where we both can see value in the relationship and I think that's the most important thing like that the brand sees value in you because working with brands isn't that fun when the brand is like well show me the ROI like where is my sales from this link and rah 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 we don't like doing that like we love to explain that it's all part of the sales process that they might see this blog post and they might see this Instagram post they might see an ad that they put in a magazine and then they make the sale like I think it's all it is about education as well for the brands just to clarify 84,000 unique visitors per month is that what you said yep Yep. and two and a half thousand dollars per like a package or per blog post were you saying it definitely changes like I mean We've charged more than that before and we've charged less. So it's all to do with, you know, what's the type of content? Is this work going to take us longer or is this a really easy piece of content to create? So, I mean, the base, two and a half, but it could go up to five for a blog post, really. And and I would say a lot of other people charge more than that as well. I mean, we've actually also worked with – um like, people who manage us as well and that's like a whole different ball game because they charge a lot more because they take commission and they are working with particular brands that might have more money and, like, there's a lot more involved with, like, reporting and, like, what their expectations are. So it's, like, it's good to, like, really work out what you want to deliver and then create the cost for that. And we've just found it's such a better way to work, like, just with ourselves and not with a manager because, I mean, who knows us more than us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. That's obviously an area that – you know, you have to balance as well because you can't just post sponsored posts from companies, right? So love to get back to your story here in terms of the chronology. So we've talked a lot about some income streams that you started to generate here from six ebooks by the sounds of things. And you did those challenges Uh that you were charging money for. Plus Uh you're doing all these sponsored campaigns with these companies. So at what point from if you can maybe time step it from starting the blog until was it a year later two years later that these income streams start to be your full-time income or or you know, when did that happen yeah so like, I'm thinking date. I think it's like <laughs> that after the second challenge like yeah that was so, so January 20 this year this year what's the year 2016 Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, like, that's probably when, like, everything was kind of like, oh Covering my gosh, our old yeah. full time. And it was like, and it was like, oh my gosh, like, we're actually doing this now. Like, this yeah. is actually happening and flowing. And that was when we moved on to the membership model. And, like, the challenges were actually so successful. And, like, looking back, it's like, why didn't we just keep doing that? But can you just break We've down how so the challenges work exactly? Sorry to interrupt mm. this. How do yeah. the challenges work? Because yeah, no. I don't quite, I mean, I, I know how a challenge would work when you're not charging yeah. one. You kind of organize people yeah. to do a bunch of stuff <laughs> together, you know, run it and, and, you know, all share your yeah. photos. I know someone yeah. I interviewed recently had a scrapbooking blog and they had a scrapbooking challenge where everyone showed their artwork. But how do you charge money That's for fun. it? Yeah. Yeah. So what we did, it was like this four-week challenge where we are going to give them a two-week meal plan. So we were going to create two weeks of recipes, shopping lists, and, you know, it was all designed to – get healthy or like kickstart your healthy lifestyle. And we were in a private Facebook group as well. So it was like they had access to us every day for four weeks for motivation. And we also got experts involved as well, where we would interview these amazing like chiropractors or like 
I can't even remember who else did we interview. Nutritionists, yeah. naturopaths, people who are experts in like hormonal health and things like that, PTs. So we had one expert webinar of every week of those four weeks and the people were able to ask live questions, personal questions, get feedback, things like that. And then I guess like the main thing that I think people really took away was A, they felt amazing from following our quick, easy, so simple recipes because like that is what we're all about. We're like healthy, it can be easy. It doesn't need to be difficult at all. And that's why people love the recipes. But it was the community and doing it all together because I think living a healthy lifestyle can be so, you can be alone sometimes and it's hard, but when you come together and everyone's doing the same Mm. thing, you get so excited and people like made best friends in that group. And I think that's why they loved it so much. So it was like epic inspiration, just four weeks of, well, we're health coaches. So we're pretty much coaching the masses for those four weeks, answering every single question that we could in the Facebook yeah. like that was posted in the Facebook group. So And I guess like the best thing about that product is that like there was very little cost for us. Like I mean, just to create a meal plan and put it in a PDF. Like that was like all we really had to pay for then plus like our time. And of course, like, you know, early stages of like business, like you, sometimes I know you're meant to count the time, but sometimes you just don't because it's so fun as well, right? But um, it was such a cheap product to create, so much fun. And we sold a bunch of them. I mean, like super profitable. Our yeah. first launch was like 30K, I think. And yeah. then the next one was close to 40K, yeah. I think. So like, wow. it was so just like, okay. So the first time it was a $59 early bird and then it went up to $79 and then the second time we put it up to $69 and then $89. Wow. And just because I uh, this is probably a question for Carla, but the technology of this, are we talking just a Facebook group or is it more, more formal than that? It was just just a Facebook group. You know what? The first time we ran the challenge, we didn't even have email automation or like tags for when people purchase the product. So we were literally, when a a sale would come through, we would copy and paste their email into an Excel spreadsheet and have to upload them to MailChimp. And like, I mean, that was just, just, like, it was horrible, but it worked. It's all, it was like the minimum thing that we could do. MVP, yeah. MVP, as Dan (laughs) Norris would say, that we could do at that stage. The second time round, we had changed to Drip, which is a more automated tag-based system. It was amazing and so much better and yeah we just learned so much from that first one and made the second one a lot more automated it was fun for us and it was like such a simple product for us to put together that people got so much value from and you just did you have like a robust launch process for this with a big sales page or a big long Mm -hmm. sales video lots of emails like what did the process look like or I'm actually curious you know, what does it look like then versus also today? Yeah. So probably yeah. grown since then, right? Yeah. yeah. So the first challenge that we did, it was just an email launch and a landing page. We didn't even know, like that was the first landing page I think we yeah. built or the second one because we had an opt-in yeah. page. But that was the first sales landing page we'd ever built. No video that first one. I can't remember. I think there was a video on the second one. But it was pretty much like really simple, not super long. And then I think we probably sent about – Six emails? Yeah, I, I think, launch? like, that was probably our first hardcore email launch, yeah. wasn't it? Like, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I feel bad about sending all these emails. But, like, you know, they work. And it's like, well, if people are going to sign up and get our free content, they can hear about our paid-for product too. Yeah. And it's an awesome product. So, yeah, that was a really interesting process, I think, the whole, like, learning about copy and emails and 
we've learnt so much from that. I think we had two really good launches with the challenges. Then we kind of went down this path of learning about copy and like we were like, well, we've never learned about copy. Like let's actually make an effort and learn. And we did that for our club and we actually think that had a negative sort of like spin on the whole launch process because we just we weren't us. And since then it's just been like all we focus on with our copy is just like putting more Mary into it, more us, just being really natural and authentic. And we've seen like it's just turn around, like much more positive. Mm, it was so interesting. Like because yeah. we were trying, you know, like when you hear, you're like, oh, well, they say to use this word instead of that word and, oh, like we should do this content at the top and this testimonial and, and a whole email testimonial and it just did not work for us at all. But, yeah, as Em said, we've just turned it right around and it's so much more fun now and it just it feels better. I think when you're being yourself 100%, that's when it feels the best and, like, we, we're big believers in yeah, that. Yeah, and people can, like, see that they can yeah it's like it's like you know when you meet someone who's online you have like this perception of them like I know it's a really hard thing because you know like people's personalities online can be different to real life because they might be shy or like be nervous but I mean like when you meet someone who's like just so opposite of what they are online it's kind of like heartbreaking it's like oh my gosh like this is like bad like you are so different online this is not good so like we just are really passionate in being ourselves online and then like the best thing is when we meet people and they're like oh my god you are actually just like you are when you talk (laughs) on instagram and like when you talk on facebook it's like yes we (laughs) did it All right, so take us through the the club launch because that was your next success and I'm assuming that's the biggest sort of source of revenue for you guys today. Yeah, so basically from the challenge, we it was so high energy, those two four-week periods that we were like, wow, we just need to like create something that is more sustainable that people can join at any time. Like there's not like a certain date that they have to join by. And we kind of just took everything that was in that challenge and turned it into a membership model. That was the beginning idea of the Merrymaker Club. So it was a monthly meal plan, not a whole month, but a one-week meal plan every month with exclusive recipes as well as a webinar with an expert. We also added a monthly module. We added monthly Q&As with us. We added so much. We just kept adding and adding and adding. And it was really great. But three months in, we hated it. We hated what we had created. And we were like, oh my gosh, what have we done? Like we've created a business that we don't even enjoy anymore. Like we can't do this. We don't want to do this. So we looked at everything everybody was using in the club because it was a login area that I had created. I was looking at how many people have logged in, how many people have clicked on this page. Okay, no one's clicking on that. Like why did we even make that? And then we kind of stripped it right back. We talked to our people told them you know you guys aren't using this like what is the highest value thing that you're loving and it was the meal plans like they just they were pretty much staying for the meal plans and the Facebook group we're like okay well let's just completely change the pricing model at the start it was a yearly membership for $1.99 and no wait was it more than that yeah it was $2.99 changed it completely to a $30 quarterly membership so it's like Super super cheap and it just makes so much more sense because we're actually selling the meal plan separately for $14 mm. but if you join the club you're getting it for $10 mm. and you're getting the supportive community as well and it has just turned into the perfect end product for our core opt-in 
So our core opt-in now is a free seven-day meal plan. They go through our kind of funnel where they learn more about us. We give them another free ebook. We give them all this kind of value. And then at the end, it's like, then we can educate them about the club. Our audience, like we'd heard so much about memberships, membership, 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 membership is the way to go, blah, 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 blah. But our audience, they hadn't heard about membership. So they were confused. They were like, what's a membership? I don't even know. And that was kind of when we realized, oh, we actually need to educate them. So now we have an online session where we talk about the club and what exactly it is and things like that. Because you can't just tell someone, join this membership. And like this has been like such a learning process for us. And I mean, you know what? Like if we could go back, we almost wouldn't even go down the membership line like it's just like why did we do this but I think it actually all backwards it's going to be perfect because now that we're doing more challenges it's like okay do the big launch do the challenge get all the new people then we'll sell the club afterwards so it's like you know like a a four-week period is like this massive high or like maybe we'll do two-week period and it's just like this crazy energy and then people are like they have nothing and it's like they want a little bit something extra. So that's when we sell them the membership after that. So like the last like couple months has just been a big learning process for us. And we're super pumped because we're finally like happy with the funnel and it's working. And yeah, we're just pumped to see what the next couple months Such do. a funny thing to talk oh my about God. this entire I know. Yeah. You've never, like, this has never happened before. Yeah. I've an interview. No one goes way back and then we talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's funny. It's just like it's sometimes you forget that, like, you know, we're just making this up as we go, really. Like we are. Like yeah. it's like not just because something works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you and your audience and I mean we just got to enjoy this ride like there's highs and lows but it's like definitely worth it all right two more questions before we wrap up because we're almost at an hour here this is fantastic oh my god this is the best <laughs> it is fun to go back in time that's for sure what does everything look like today with your business I know we're still catching you kind of in early days by the sounds of things yeah, but yeah. you certainly you know you're making multiple six figures and you're really happy with the direction with the club and you sell recipe books individually can you tell me from a technical standpoint, you use Drip still to deliver all the emails and set up the automation with your email funnels and so on. Is that right? Yeah, Drip. To take Love payments, it. what do you guys do? At the moment, we use SamCart, but we've also just purchased ThriveCart because they had a really good <laughs> lifetime offer, so we bought it. We always do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. And we also, because we have so many little products, like little downloadables, we also have a Shopify shop. So if people you know, want to see our entire range of products, they can easily do that. And this is something that we're like kind of working on because like, we're not sure if that's right, if we want to keep doing like the two different payment systems, but we are at the moment and it's working. Yeah. And is that Stripe powered or PayPal powered or where does Oh this... yeah, both Stripe, Stripe and PayPal. Okay, Stripe, PayPal, Samcart, maybe Thrivecart and Shopify. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> drip for email and Samcart does the ch- the checkout part of this. So all we've got left is really your current membership setup with the club. What are you using for mm-hmm. that? It was Optimized Press you said is your current blog. Is that also powering the membership site? Yeah. So the funny thing with the membership is like we did create a membership login area which was using optimized member but then with all of the changes 
we were like, well, we don't actually need this login area anymore. Like nobody is actually logging in. So maybe we should just send up the outdates via email and host our like PDF products on Amazon server. And so that's what we're doing. It's so simple. Like we just do this seven day meal plan every month. We send an email out via drip and it's like, guys, the new meal plan's available. Check it out, download, save it. That's how we're managing that. And our people, they just need it quick and simple one link give me the download yeah. that's what well, i want what if they want all the past archives so how do they get that mm-hmm. yeah so if you're um like a maker club member and you join up like today you only get like it's like a magazine uh, you start from the beginning. so with the magazines yeah you start from where we are at oh, now okay. we have lifetime members yeah, we have lifetime members who have purchased like from the beginning. So obviously they have the entire library. But then members who sign up now also get discounts to all previous ones. Uh, so, and they get it for the same price as per month. So they get it like for $10 each. Okay, I get it. So you can buy yeah. past editions individually. Yeah. You can sign up to start your subscription. Exactly like a magazine, basically. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I love that. That's so elegant. My my first ever member or course membership area, whatever was similar, it was just sending out automated emails, taking money through PayPal, and, and away you go. But I had a blog, but it was WordPress with a password on it. There was no membership software or anything. So that's fantastic. Okay, I think that's it. Am I missing anything in terms of the technology? I know I'm seeing like looking at your blog. You're obviously you're your podcasters now. Yeah. You, you know you've got there's a lot going on. But it, I'm thinking in terms of technology, it's it's pretty much what WordPress. I think I can think of any secrets I need to know about. I'm sure there's a, a big tool set you've got behind the scenes of things like uh, Slack and Evernote and so on. Yeah. But it sounds like we've covered the, the main ones for running the, the money yeah. side of things. Last question then in the last few minutes here. For a person or maybe even a couple of sisters or brothers who want to follow in your footsteps <laughs> uh, and they're listening in. Now, they've probably heard you say Instagram was a big part of your start, but you've also said you know, it's not the same, you know, Instagram today is Mm. not Instagram when you started. Blogging is probably very similar to, you know, where you started hasn't changed that much. You can probably do what you did and potentially get Mm, the same results, right? So if Mm. someone is listening into this, maybe not necessarily they're in the health and cooking and recipes Mm. area, but whatever it is, you know, they might be helping people deal with back pain or maybe they're helping deal with migraines or anything, everything's trading in the stock market. And they they love your kind of energy, and they feel they also have a similar energy. How would you guide them? Let's let's say you're Chris Ducker mm-hmm. now, and and talking to you. How would, <laughs> yeah. you, how would you're in that position now as as leaders? How would you guide someone new to get the kind of results you've had? Yeah, yeah. I hundred percent think it's all about content and thinking about the value you can add to somebody's life and creating amazing content around that so like that's what we're actually doing at the moment with Mary Biz Hustle like that's the goal is like to help people build their content strategies their online like social media presence to include more of their personality and also just create an epic content strategy that is going to get people interested in their business so make the content relate to what it is that you're selling and I think just like always putting yourself your personality into that content like Mm. how can you do that more like give more of you like it doesn't have to be like you know that nitty-gritty personal stuff that no one really wants but just like I mean like an example might be like Carla loves Disney so like she talks about Disney on Snapchat a lot 
And like that just relates to people. So like another Disney lover will be like, oh, those merrymakers love Disney. And then it'll be like front of mind. Oh, I'm going to buy an ebook now. Yeah. Like it's just like these tiny little things that might seem like they don't do anything or matter, but they actually do matter. And I think like people forget about it because, you know, you get so lost in the world of email automation and, and copy converting and like sales and da 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 And it's like, actually, let's just remember that we're all humans and like interesting and we can attract other people that are similar to us or maybe opposite as well. Do you feel like getting on top of the latest tool, like maybe Snapchat as we're recording, this would be considered the, the current tool that, you know, it's the Instagram of now. Do you think that's really important to ride a wave of some new platform? I think that when a new platform comes out, it's important to like be self-aware if that platform is right for you. Like Snapchat is very interesting. And I mean, you can follow some people and you're like, oh, like I feel a bit awkward watching you. Like I don't really, I don't really get this. Mm. But then you watch some other people and they're so natural and you think that it's just so funny and you really enjoy their content. And I think it's about doing more of what you enjoy. You don't need to jump on every single new platform. Like Periscope, for example, like that was a new platform and people jumped on it and we jumped on it and then we hated it. So we stopped like, but you know, like I think it's just about doing what you love yeah. and like sharing your message in that way. Yeah. And also I think like what platform has the least friction for you? Anything that has extra friction just won't work for us. It's hard and we won't do it. And it's like, well, if you don't do it, it's going to be crap, right? So like whatever comes easier, like what do you like being on? Like does Snapchat flow? Go on Snapchat. Is Instagram like you like the curated photos more? Is that easier? Then do that. And I think like just pay attention to that and don't just like get on board just because everyone else is. Because as I said before, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Good advice. I love the content marketing. and I love the advice of focusing on what resonates what you're getting connected yeah. with where you're enjoying the process and and go there and stay there and get good at it um yeah carla emma thank you for sharing your whole story up to the point i feel like we're probably only halfway through the story but it's a great time <laughs> to catch up and see where you're at first of all where can we find you what websites do you want to send out besides the obvious one which is the merrymakersisters.com Pretty much everything is available over at themerrymakersisters.com. But we also have our podcast, which is on iTunes, and it's the hashtag MaryBizPodcast, and that's super fun too. <laughs> awesome. Okay, themerrymakersisters.com. Any other final words you want to throw at the listeners before I end the show? Well, we just want to say thank you so much to you, Yara, for having us on the show. We're super grateful for your time and the opportunity to share our story. Yeah, and to everyone else, have fun creating epic content. <laughs> awesome well thank you both i love epic content too this has been an epic podcast go check out the merrymaker sisters website just to see what they're doing to kind of make what we've been talking about tangible to see how they sell what they sell today and how they create all this content deliver it follow them on well instagram probably snapchat as well and uh good luck girls hopefully you know this will become a million dollar business very soon no doubt you're going to have a, a lot of fun no matter what you do so thanks for joining me thank you and you've been listening to the entrepreneur's journey podcast if you want to grab the show notes or any of the details that go with this episode or any of the other episodes head to entrepreneurs-journey.com or just google my name yarrow y-a-r-o and you'll find all the episodes under the podcast tab at the blog there
And just a reminder too, to go to www.interviewsclub.com to sign up for notifications of when new EJ podcasts are released. It's 100% free. Just go to interviewsclub.com, enter your email address, and then you'll be signed up to my updates list for the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Thanks again for listening. My name is Yarrow, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.